The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk and Built by Nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and Facebook. And get involved with the show using hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it's Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. My name's Greg Tupper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook, or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there, celebrating his 63rd birthday today. Happy birthday to Tom Hanks. Sure. Yeah. Of course, Tom Hanks, probably uh, probably best known for his role in um, My Big Fat Greek Wedding 2. Yep. Or yeah. um, the Carly Rae Jepsen music video. Or Inferno. Yeah, sure. Or Bonfire of the Vanities. Mm-hmm. These are his lowest rated IMDb. Those are pretty good. Those um, are pretty good. He Knows You're Alone from 1980. Yeah. Still higher, he was in, he was, still higher than any movie you or I have been in. He was in some other things, I guess. Sure. Um, uh, first four through the door. Andrew Christensen, Matt McSpadden, Miziel Romero making his triumphant return to the top four. And John Purcell making a top four. What's up, man? He's got, He's got to be the only person who's got two... Well, not the only person, but he's got th- four movies, 98% and above on Rotten they're, Tomatoes. They're all Toy Story. They're all Toy Story. Yep. <laughs> Toy Story 1, 2, 3, and 4, Yep, which is great. Um, so, Shahan's here. Hi, Shahan. Hey. Um, we are going to discuss uh, a lot of things on today's show, but first, let me do this. Today is Tuesday, July 9th, 2019, 142 days until Thanksgiving. Episode 781. 781, the number of strikeouts for Yvonne Pudge Rodriguez in his illustrious Texas Rangers career. That is a Hall of Famer, and that is the greatest catcher of all time? Uh, How are we measuring this? Do we want to—I mean, do you think he is—if you could—you're building an all-time MLB team, like in their prime. Is he catching for you? I think it's between him and Yogi Berra, isn't it? Yeah, or Johnny Bench, right? I guess yeah, Bench. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, I always get a. I always. Get I think you could go hypnotized by the number of uh, a the number of World Series Berra won, and yeah. b the number of positions he could play. And which was like crazy. didn't he catch like four perfect games or something like it's that? He has some s- crazy number. It's something silly. I think you could go. You can't go wrong with either Berra, uh, Bench, or Pudge. I think those are th- the top three. Let's just call it there. Uh, what about Gerald Laird? What about Gerald Laird? Oh, yeah. There um, There's your random Texas boy, Ranger thank throwback. You. Thank, you're you welcome. For, thank you for You're that. welcome. Thank you for knowing that. Yeah. Um, okay. So on today's show, Shahan's here. We're going to talk a little bit of college football, specifically the three new FBS coaches in the state of Texas. And then back half of the show, we've got a couple of interviews. Uh, Bridgeland coach David Raffield and Tenahaw coach Robert Tamplin, new Tenahaw coach Robert Tamplin. And I've got a story about that interview. We'll have, we'll have that coming up here. I think you can see it. In the, <laughs> the back half. <laughs> of the show hello shahan hey it's shahan J. raja everybody our college football insight yay we should start that should be shahan's thing it's whenever we bring up our words like yay cool good 
Uh, Shahan J. Raja, our college football insider. He's on Twitter, at Shahan J. Raja, spelled exactly like it sounds. Of course. Um, he, he isn't dead. He is contrary, not dead. To contrary, contrary to no. everyone wondering where he went, he just got married like seven times. Yeah, you did. You had, t- you had two weddings, right? I had two weddings. Yes. Uh, only two. Come Same on. girl. Want to be clear. Yeah. <laughs> Same girl. <laughs> I guess that's a good point of distinction. Like, I mean, yeah. I guess like, you know. It's... Everybody told me you only get married once, and I told them not quite. But, uh, yeah, same girl. There are a lot of people who don't get married once. They yes. get married more than once. Yes. Or less than once. Or less. Um, in any case, uh, welcome back. Thank you. Uh, the new Republic of Football has dropped. Yes. It is out there, uh, starring, boy, I, I don't know, I listened to it, and I thought your co-star sucked. <laughs> but anyway, listen to it. Yes. Uh, obviously, our co-host last week was uh, Television Zone Emmy Award winner, Greg Tepper. So, Shahan's here. We are going to discuss... Um, we're going to talk about the three new FBS coaches in the state of Texas. We are now, uh, I think we're we're within range of football season. I, you know, it, it was a real shock to me yesterday when I looked at the calendar and realized that media days were next week. Yeah, Big Twelve media days start Monday. 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 And then Monday, Tuesday is Big Twelve. Wednesday, Thursday is Conference USA. Next Thursday is also like Southland. I mean, I American might be next week too, but it's in Newport, Rhode Island, as we spoke about Whoa, yesterday. Boy. So I will not be attending. Yeah, Newport, uh, th- Rhode Island. Guys. I think SEC is next week too. So there, there's just a lot. It's about to start. Happening. It's almost college football season, right? And it's been a long off season, but let's bring people back into the fold. College football is a sport played by amateur athletes who are not paid, and they are coached by people who make a lot of money. Three of those guys are yes. new to the FBS ranks in the state of Texas. Yes. I want to talk about expectations for these okay. three guys. Okay. There are three of them. Let's start with, I would say, probably the biggest, most noteworthy hire, which was in Houston. Yes. As Dana Holgerson uh, replaces Major Applewhite at the University of Houston, leaves West Virginia to come to Houston. That is a, you know, I think technically a power five to a group of five, but I kind of view West Virginia and Houston kind of on... I, that that I, this is just me. That feels like a lateral move. Yeah, it, it is kind of interesting because you talk about going from a Big Twelve team to an American Athletic Conference team, but in a funny way, it almost feels like it's easier to make a playoff from Houston than from West Virginia. Yeah, because there's there is a path. You know, they schedule really well. Obviously, this year they play Oklahoma, they play Washington State. You know, we saw with that Tom Herman team if they. Don't blow it against who they lose to that one year. Uh, oh, was it? It was, was someone. Dumb. Louisville, Cincinnati. No, no, no. It Memphis. Was, I don't know. Some they, they lost to a team that they should not have lost yeah. to, and and went twelve and one and beat a whole bunch of teams and all of that. And uh, you know, if they go undefeated that year, I think that they have a case for the playoff. And West right. Virginia, just because of where it is, because of oh, what, it was a dumb one, right? What was oh, it? Oh no! Which was it? UConn? It was at UConn. That's right. Yeah. Oh, I God. I just remembered that. Guys. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, my point is... UConn went 6-7. Right. UConn right. was coached by Bob Diaco. Right. Oh, God. Right. Oh, I just got flashbacks. Sorry. Oof. Go on. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, and so Houston gives you an opportunity, if you're Dana Holgerson, to build a big-time group of five program. You know, because there's absolutely nothing wrong, obviously, with being UCF. You know, no. there's absolutely nothing wrong with being Boise State. And the reality is, too, is like, you know, Dana Holgerson's coached at big schools before. He coached at West Virginia for several years, had some really successful seasons, won 10 games twice, and nobody really was excited about it. Yeah. And the reality is at Houston, you have the opportunity to build something in your own image. Uh, you know, I mean, 
I kind of said this at the time when he came there. This was the group of five equivalent of Jimbo Fisher. Right. It was, you know, yes, there were reasons that he left his old school. And, you know, nobody was really that sad to see him leave. But at the same time, it's a big coup for, uh, for a school like Houston to get a coach of that stature. And ultimately, you know, he's being tasked with taking the program to somewhere different than it's ever been before and for building something long-term. And I think, you know, we've seen at other group of five schools, even, you know, you talk about a Josh Heupel, obviously, who uh, had kind of, you know, had some success other places as a coordinator. Even talk about, I think, like a Jeff Tedford at Fresno State, where you hire a guy who's a retread. But the big thing about it is that you get somebody who's going to be there for a long time, potentially, if things go well, and who can be happy there long term. Um, I think, obviously, this was a great hire for them. It was a big-time hire. It was a big-name hire for them. And he's somebody who does know how to win at the highest level and has coached, obviously, around the state of Texas before. Right. And and so what I want to talk about is, obviously, you know, we've heard from the brass at Houston what the expectations are for Dana Holgerson. Um, Internally, with us, the expectations, let's talk just 2019. I I think that, obviously, they are bringing Dana Holgerson in not only to win conference championships, but to contend for a playoff spot and to kind of get the, you know, to become the new UCF, right? right. To become the best, you know, he doesn't necessarily, Dana Holgerson does not have control over what conference they play in, but to essentially get them to the level where they are the preeminent Power 5 program in, or Group of 5 program in the nation, right? right? Competing for, for uh, group of, uh, New Year's Six Bulls every New Year's year. Six Bulls, every year, exactly. 2019, though. Yeah. What are we setting the expectation for for, for Dana Holgerson and the Cougs? Yeah, well, like I mentioned, Houston is not afraid of scheduling. Sure. You know, they play at Oklahoma. They play Washington State on a neutral site. They play at North Texas. They obviously get UCF on the road, Memphis at home, and Cincinnati at home. And those are arguably the three best teams in the American Athletic Conference. Mm -hmm. So they've done themselves no favors with the schedule. Um. I think that the biggest thing you want to see this year is you just want to see a little bit of an identity change. You yeah. know, with last season, you had the crazy offense because of Kendall Bryles and Derek King and, and all the playmakers they have on offense. I want to see a little bit more of a cohesive team heading forward. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and maybe maybe this season, just because of how tough the schedule is, it still ends up being 8-4, and 7-5. and five. I don't think that we should judge too much just by their record. I think that we need to see, you know, what are they building? Are they stronger in the trenches? Are they stronger defensively? Are they more aggressive, uh, you know, on the defensive line? Are they more aggressive at defensive back? That's really, I think, going to be the bigger thing that we need to look at is how are they building? You know, what are they doing differently? How does it look different? Because, you know, it's easy to just look at, hey, you know, they if they lose to at Oklahoma, Washington State, at UCF, and to Memphis, that could still be an awesome team. That, that could be... That could be- a top 30 team right. in the country that just loses to four teams that are better than them. Right. It's simple. That are that are higher than them in the ranking. Right. And so, you know, and that's the biggest thing. And I, it is funny because I feel like I'm repeating myself so much with how we talked about Jimbo last year. You right. know, wins and losses are not how we should evaluate this team in year one. Yeah. It should be momentum. It should be, uh, you know, what are they doing to wholesale build long term? Right. And when Dana Holgerson came here, that's the one thing that you get with Dana Holgerson is he's been a Power 5 coach before and realized maybe it's not as great as you think it is. Yeah. Now, obviously, I mean, if if tomorrow Florida comes calling or Notre Dame comes calling, you know, sure, maybe you have to worry. But 
he's not going to leave you for an average power five job. Right. Cause he's had that before. Um, you know, so you want to see what is he doing to help build the program long-term and that's going to come on the recruiting trail too. Uh, that's going to come, obviously they've had so many power five transfers come in. And I think that Houston's always going to be a great place for that. West Virginia was a place that was really built a lot with transfers under Dana Holgerson. Um, you know, so I just want to see what is the identity? What do they want to look like? Uh, what are they able to do well? What do they need to work on? And, and ultimately, that's just what I want to see. I want to see consistency because last year, consistency was such an issue for them, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And you have De'Aaron King. You know De'Aaron King's going to be super productive. You know, you have some talented receivers. You have some talented running backs. I actually love this receiver core. I think yeah. this receiver core has got a chance to be really special. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you talk about Courtney Lark. You talk about Marcus Stevenson. You talk about uh, Bryson Smith. There are just Keith so Corbin, many yeah. guys. There's so many guys in that core. And they ran the ball consistently last year. You know, we were talking a little bit. They lost two of their most impactful uh, offensive linemen, but the offense is pretty much intact. Yeah. So I just want to see, is the offense finding ways to complement the defense too? And is the defense finding ways to complement the offense? I think that's totally fair. So that's that's Houston. Let's now go to Lubbock. Let's go from one end of the state to the other. Talk about Texas Tech. Texas Football Today's own Matt Wells. Yes. Found him on the yes, show yes, before. Yes. Um he takes over a program that I think that he's he's being tasked with giving this program a jolt and yeah. giving this program a shot in the arm and getting and making them into something that they haven't been in quite a while, which is a legitimate contender in the Big Twelve. It's been a minute since they were a factor in the Big Twelve race. Yes. Um, as far as expectations go for Matt Wells going into 2019, uh, I feel like you're going to kind of say a, a similar thing, which is moving in the right direction, looking like a program that's ready to contend that may not happen this year. Tech is a hard program for me to evaluate right now. And the reason for that is they do return a lot of production. Mm -hmm. You know, they return quarterback Alan Bowman, who showed a lot of signs last year. Uh, they return wide receiver TJ Basher, even though they lose Antoine Wesley. Uh, they return one of the best offensive lines in the in the state, in my opinion. You know, guys like Jack Anderson, Travis Bruffy, Terrence Steele on it. Uh, defensively, they also return a lot of their top playmakers. They lose Dakota Allen, they lose Sean Johnson, but they bring back Jordan Brooks, they bring back Broderick Washington, they bring back Eli Howard, they bring back Adrian Fry. So this is not a team that doesn't have talent. You know, and, and I think that in the magazine, I think we picked them to go 5-7. and seven. And that's not because I don't think that they're talented. It's just... Ultimately, the top-end talent on this roster is pretty good, but it was brought in to fill you know, a very specific system that Matt Wells isn't necessarily going to run, both on offense and defense. Um, and I think that Matt Wells is just such a culture coach. You know, it's so important to him to build his culture at Texas Tech in Lubbock. You talk about what he did at Utah State. Utah State, obviously in a very different region of the country, but it's culturally kind of similar where it's a small town. It's kind of in the middle of nowhere. People kind of take pride in being blue collar, being, uh, you know, that kind of city, that kind of area, being rural Utah. And now you're going to Lubbock. And the nice thing about it is that you really do have an opportunity to kind of build a team that, that reflects the culture of Lubbock, right. you know, that hard nose, that defensive, that physical, and that's something that the basketball team, you know, people are going to talk about it until the cows come home, yeah. you know, that it's going to match the basketball team. But I do think that that's something that's going to matter. And so, again, you know, looking at the schedule, they play at Arizona, they play at Oklahoma, they play at Baylor, at West Virginia. And, and you know, it's, it's not a brutal non-conference slate, but there's some tests along the way. And so I look at this and making a bowl game would be a huge step. I think so. You know, because 
that would be improvement on last year, which, again, you're coming in with a new coach, a new system, all of that. If you can get to six wins, and there are, I think, the potential for six wins on this schedule. You know, I think that you can win all three of your non-conference games, and then you got to beat, you know, Kansas, Kansas State, and just pick up one somewhere. Let me count. One, yep. two, three, four, five... Yeah, I mean, I think I could see six. I don't think it's yeah. outside the realm of possibility for them to get to six. Well, the big thing is you got to go three and zero in non-conference, Absolutely. which which is doable. You know, uh, at Arizona is not an easy game, but it's a doable game. Um, you got to beat both Kansas schools, and then you just got to pick one up. Right. And and you can pick one up. I mean, at Baylor, that's that's one. That's a team that Tech has traditionally played pretty well. Uh, at West Virginia, I think it's going to be a critical game because mm-hmm. I think I think Tech and West Virginia are kind of at similar points right now, but. Tech, I think, has more talent, and West Virginia has more of a plug-and-play coach. Right. You know, because Neil Brown's going to come in and immediately just be like, we're going to do my simple thing. Um, and I don't think it's necessarily going to be that easy for David Yost and Keith Patterson at coordinators. Um, but there's no reason that Tech can't be a better team than West Virginia on, on, on November 9th. And if they win that game, I think there's a really good chance they go bowling. And so we're here with Shahan J. Raja, our college football insider here on Texas Football Today. You can involve the conversation hashtag TF Today. And so there's one other new yeah. FBS coach. Yeah. Uh, now the youngest coach in the state. Yes. Uh, Jake Spavital is the new head coach at Texas State. Sad ish isn't here. He could talk about <laughs> uh, Texas State. Um, a program that um, obviously uh, did not get where they, they wanted to under their previous coach. Uh, now moving forward, they want to, um, again, a program that I think is looking for an identity. Um, I'll, I'll be honest. I never felt like um, they had the kind of identity uh, the past couple of years that that like I didn't know what that team was was yeah what they wanted to be well and so when Everett Withers came in uh, it was a big priority for him to just brand the program yeah you know to and that was all off the field you know you talk about their training facilities and things like that they all of a sudden were in a position where. Uh, you know, they, they have branding up on all the walls now. They've got Texas State logos everywhere. They've got Bobcat stuff everywhere. And that's a big deal. That's something that he was able to come in from Ohio State and be able to add that. But you're right. On the field, it just never came together. There there was good defense last year, but it was good defense kind of on its own because Chris Woods was a good coordinator. The offense never came together. There was never really much identity. There was never much direction for what they wanted to do. And, you know, with the last two, I talked a lot about how it's just going to be take sustainable steps, but it's not necessarily about wins and losses. I think at Texas State, it's about wins and losses. Mm. I think that they really do need to be in that five to six win range. Not because I think that Spavital would be a failure if he does if he wins four games, but the whole point of Everett Withers was that he was supposed to be the setup guy. He was supposed to help bring the program depth-wise, program-wise, everything-wise, to a point where they're ready to compete. Right. And... Granted, I mean, I think it's perfectly fair to say two years isn't a ton of time. You know, maybe right. we never got to actually see what he wanted it to look like because he was so busy just trying to build a real football program. But you're heading into a new era with a coach who, again, you know, I, I mentioned with Neil Brown at West Virginia, but Jake Spavital is a coach who's, I don't want to call him plug and play necessarily because I don't think it's quite that easy, but when you talk Jake Spavital, Bob Stitt, the offense coordinator, these are great offensive minds. And last year at Texas State and the last couple of years at Texas State, offense has been a huge issue. Mm-hmm. But you go into this year, you know, you hope that you can keep some of that defensive consistency because a lot of the playmakers are back. Obviously, Brian Lund and Frankie Griffin among them. You have talent on defense. And now on offense, the pieces have to come together. And 
you know, again, we'll, we'll look at the schedule. At Texas A&M's a loss. At SMU is probably a loss. You know, so it's it's a hard schedule. But you do get Troy at home, and they're you know without Neil Brown now. You get South Alabama at home. You go. You're at Coastal Carolina. There are opportunities on the schedule for wins. Um, you know, versus Wyoming, I think could be a very important game. For example, uh, with with Craig Bull coming to town. There are opportunities for wins on the schedule, and you know what we were counting through. I I think that we got to five and seven in the magazine. Yeah, now I, I don't have the magazine in front of me. But yeah, yeah. I think that we've I think that we ended up picking five and seven. But again, it's the same deal. You just pull one upset somewhere. Yeah. If you can beat Troy, Troy lost a lot and they lost their head coach. They're going to be a different program this year. If you can win that game, you can go bowling. And Again, I think that five is sort of the number that they should be looking at. They won two and three games the last couple of years under the last couple of coaches. Uh, now, if you can get to five, which is a place that they haven't really been since they started the program uh, at the FBS level, I think that that would be a huge step. Well, that's the thing is that, you know, you mentioned the schedule. The schedule actually, I think, sets up pretty well for them. Yeah, you it's know? not hard. It's, it's, it's a schedule that... It would be disappointing, in my opinion, yeah. if they didn't get to five wins. Right. Like, th- that would be that would represent a disappointment to Right, because you have Georgia State, you have Nichols, you have ULM. I think that those are three wins. Yeah. Uh, South Alabama, I think, is a win. You should win. Coastal Carolina. I think Even on the win. road, I think you yeah. should win. I think yeah. you're right. And, and, that, and that's if you don't win any of the coin flips, which, right. look, I think they have a chance to beat Wyoming sure. at home. You know, I think they've got a chance to, to go on the road and beat uh, Louisiana. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I, I think they've got chances here and there. The question is going to be again. You mentioned the offense. They've got like they've just got to find what is their offensive identity. They've got right. some pieces, right? Right, but they've just got to find that offensive identity. And I think that's why they hired a guy like Jake Spavital, who does have a style and does have an offensive identity. Right. Because for example, you know, we talk a lot about Cliff Kingsbury and and what he did at Texas Tech, and and that was not good enough for what Texas Tech wanted to do. But if you are at Texas State, you know. Making bowls mostly every year is not a bad place to be. And and actually, the other one that I think you look at is obviously at Incarnate Word, Eric Morris. Just how quickly he's able to turn that around by putting in a good offense. And offense is just a little bit quicker to learn than good defense. And if you've already got good defensive playmakers on one side of the ball, and you can bring in some offensive pieces, obviously, Gress Jensen, the former quarterback from Montana who played under Bob Stitt, was recruited mm-hmm. by Bob Stitt. Um, if you can just get something offensively, if you can be an average Sunbelt offense, there's wins to be had on this schedule. He's Shahan J. Raja, our college football insider here at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Follow him on Twitter, at Shahan J. Raja, spelled exactly like it sounds. Shahan, appreciate your time, and uh, go listen to the Republic of Football. Uh, it's got uh, an outstanding host and a dopey co-host this week. <laughs> Thanks, Shahan. Thanks for having me. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com, TexasFootball.com, where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. want to invite you to check out TexasFootball.com to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. It's our subscription package. We'll mail you a magazine. You also get a year's worth of exclusive online content, plus the recruiting edition, which comes out in December. All sorts of good stuff, all for the low, low price of nineteen ninety five plus shipping and handling for the first year. Makes a great gift as well. It's texasfootball.com slash insider to become a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider. When we were at State 7-on-7, seven seven, number of coaches buzzing about. One of the coaches that we know there at, uh, that, who we don't know him at this current location, but we've known him because he's been around. The head coach at Bridgeland, the new co- the newest school there in... Su- is it the newest school? I think they're opening a new one. But anyway, 
uh, one of the new schools in Cyprus, uh, Cypher ISD, uh, Bridgeland. Coach David Raffield, he was out there watching his squad compete out there at State 7-on-7. Seven seven. Matt Steph caught up with him. Here is our conversation with David Raffield of Bridgeland here on Texas Football Today. Matt Stepp, Dave Campbell's Texas football out here at the 2019 Texas 7-on-7 State Championships. Here with the head coach of the Bridgeland Bears, Coach David Raffield. Uh, coach, thanks for taking a few minutes to chat with us before you guys uh, get going. I guess uh, they, they went easy on you. They gave you John Tyler to open the day up, right? Oh, yeah, I tell you what, it's a heck of a racket, uh, but it's an awesome experience. We're all excited to be here. Now, you've, you've been to a few of these things before in your time at Sci Falls and Andy Consolidated. One thing... Uh, that I, I love about the Texas State 7-on-7 championships is you get to play a bunch of different people that you normally wouldn't see. And I know y'all came into the Metroplex and played in a qualifier, but uh, just getting to play teams from all over the state, it's kind of, kind of a neat and kind of unique experience, isn't it? It really is. You know, football's so regional unless you start going deep into the playoffs. And uh, to be able to get out and go play in different regions uh, like this tournament, uh, it's an awesome experience for the kids. All right, now last year was your first varsity year, and we talked at the Lone Star Clinic uh, last year, and, and you told me, you know, you, you had high expectations, but you knew that, you know, you, you were a young program, and your kids were learning, and, and I thought last year, you know, you had, you had your ups and downs, but which is expected with the, with the young team, but now you bring back a, a veteran team, kids with a lot of experience, and this summer has been really successful for y'all in 7-on-7. Seven seven. You guys have won a lot of games, had a lot of success. Uh, first off, how proud of you or your kids for that? And then do you feel like that's something that could carry over and give your kids confidence as they move into the, into the real thing this fall? No question. It has been a very successful offseason. Last year was challenging. We knew it was challenging. Uh, and, you know, we wanted to do a little better than we did, but we did compete in a bunch of ball games. And the kids have just steadily gotten better physically and, uh, and now emotionally when it comes to playing these seven on seven. They're gaining confidence. Uh, you know, I tell them it's not real football, but, uh, you know, you want to win. And we're able to win a bunch of games, and, and that's going to set the table for this year is that hopefully we can make a transition uh, with that attitude and confidence into the regular season. All right. Now, uh, you know, you mentioned it's not real football, but, but there are some things that you can glean from this and, and take into, into the real football. And even if it's just mental notes, I know, I know you and your coaches are here and, and you guys are watching and, and cheering, uh, but also making mental notes. What, what do you and your staff look for from your kids uh, when they're competing in, in a really, I, I won't say real high pressure environment, there's a little pressure here. I mean, there's, there's, there's something on the line, right? Oh, if you're a competitor, there's pressure, and uh, you want that. You, you love that. And uh, when I sit in the end zone, I like to watch and see how kids handle pressure. Can they rise up and go make the big play, whether it's on offense or defense? Can they overcome when something bad happens? And, uh, you know, that comes with experience and confidence, and uh, this gives you a chance to have some success. All You know there's going to be frustration, but uh, it, it, it's just good to watch them grow. All right, final question for you. We'll go a little, we'll go a little off script here, but uh, in, in 2018, the UIL instituted the instant replay at the state championship games. And I know you, I don't know if you were there or not in person, but uh, from your perspective, obviously you'd love to be playing in a state championship game and have, have that problem. What do you think? Do you, do you like having the instant replay at the state championship games, or what, what's your take on that? You know, it's kind of funny because I got to watch it from a fan perspective, and, uh, you know, they'll. It's not like watching on ESPN where they have all the different angles can show it to you all at once and you can really formulate an opinion. Uh, I remember in one of the games there was a touchdown. I didn't think there was any way it was a touchdown until later we saw a, a different view and went, dang, that official called it right. That, that's pretty good. So it's a challenge. Uh, it's something we just have to get used to. Uh, and uh, But I think overall you want the right call on the field 
and, and give your kids the best chance. And I think the instant replay does that. And I thought the officials actually did a pretty good job of state championships for the most part. I mean, considering all the games, there, there weren't a whole lot of instant replay plays. And then when there were, a lot of them they got right. So I think it's a testament testament to the officials. Oh, uh, obviously, there's a need for officials in the state of Texas. And I know in Houston, you, you and the, the Houston coaches work with the Houston chapter closely. Um, is there anything, you know, message that you give to younger coaches or maybe junior high coaches about trying to help retain officials or, you, you know, as far as like not – not yelling so much at junior high games and getting on them as much. Is there any kind of education that you, that you feel like coaches maybe should give to younger coaches coming up through the system? you got to remember, as you're a young coach, you're not a fan anymore. You're not sitting up in the bleachers. You're coaching, and you have a responsibility to get things right. And get things right means with your kids and with officials. And so uh, they're going to watch how you interact, and the kids are going to follow your lead that way. Uh, you go into a deal. Nobody's trying to mess up. Everybody's trying to be successful. Uh, so let's work together and, and hopefully grow and, and we can continue, continue to grow that profession. Coach, appreciate your time. Enjoy watching your kids compete today, and uh, we appreciate what you do for your student-athletes in the state of Texas. All right, thanks, man. We love that you all are here. It's an awesome deal. There he is, David Raffield, head coach at Bridgeland, a program that we have heard a lot of coaches mention as a, going to be a problem going forward for them. Uh, more than one coach has told me you got to watch out for Bridgeland. So excited to see what they do. Appreciate him taking a little bit of time to chat up Matt Sepp at State 707. Another guy I caught up with is the new head coach in Tenahaw, Coach Robert Tamplin. Before the interview, it's 100% true. Robert, Coach Tamplin, introduced myself. I'd never met him before. He was, he was the uh, he was offensive coordinator, one of the coordinators at Tenahaw. Uh, and he, um, he said, uh, this is I've never done an interview like this before and I was like well th there's no better person to, to start your career with than a dope like me so uh had a great conversation with him he's a natural as you will see here's our conversation with new Tenahaw coach Robert Tamplin here on Texas football today Greg Tepper of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com here in College Station at the State 7-on-7 Tournament with the new head coach of the Tenahaw Tigers, Coach Robert Tamplin. First and foremost, Coach, first time we've talked to you, congratulations on the new gig. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Uh, tell us a little bit, you know, you, you've been on the staff here at Tenahaw for, for a while, but what's this transition been like to the head coaching job? Uh, well, going in my fifth year here, you know, I started defensive coordinator, went to the offensive side as offensive coordinator. Now being the head coach, just a great opportunity, getting to be around the kids and know them. Uh, growing around them, so it's a great relationship with them. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame they, they look like they're really tense about this. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm interested, kind of, you know, whenever you, you found out you're getting the job. Obviously, sure. these are guys who who know you, they're familiar with right. you. What what was your message to them the first time that, that you talked to them as as the head coach? Oh, uh, I mean, the guys know me. They 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 were glad for me. They congratulated me. They were excited. I was excited. Uh, it was a good change for them, you know, because uh, the last guy. Coach Jenkins been with him for football and basketball, so you know somebody a little different. We, me and Coach Jenkins were on the same page the whole time, so it's great. I mean, kids love it. I love it. Got to take advantage of the opportunity. Kind of looking forward to the fall. You know, we were talking a little bit before. This this is not a program that needs to be rebuilt. This is a program that's ready right now. Uh, you know, what what do you you know when, whenever you look at your team heading into 2019, what what are you most excited about? Like you said, we don't have to revamp the program. These guys, it's going to be a lot of the same terminology. Uh, the guys are a little bit older now. Uh, they're used to the system, so it should be a great season. Like, I'm just ready to see them get started and ready to get after it because chemistry's already there. I mean, that's what we're working on now, just working on pitching and catching and building chemistry throughout the team. 
And here we are at the State 7 on 7 tournament. Um, you know, this isn't, you know, this isn't the same as, as what's going to happen in the fall, but, right. but from from your perspective as a coach, what are you looking for from your kids today? Uh, just to compete. Just stay after it, compete, uh, be able to throw the ball around, uh, compete on defense. I mean, that's it. These kids are already getting along pretty great, especially with some of the new guys that came in. As you can tell, they don't get too tense about anything. These guys are coming together great. So, I mean, just come out here and compete and play hard. Coach, congratulations on the new gig. Thank you. There is Robert Tamplin, the new head coach of the Ten Hot Dance Crew out there in Texas. <laughs> For those listening on the podcast, they, uh, <laughs> his team was putting on quite a show behind the it was It was really perfect because there was just enough time beforehand um, before like where they kind of realized what's going on. Like we had to set up the camera and stuff like that, that the, the kids were like, okay, there was just enough time that they knew what was happening and they were able to come up with a plan, yeah. which I love. But also Coach Tamplin obviously knocked out the interview. Uh, good, good dude. Excited to see what they do out there uh, in, in deep, deep, deep East Texas uh, this year. But uh, Tenaha Coach Robert Tamplin, uh, a name to know as we go forward in 2019. And now we go to Max Thompson. For America's second favorite segment, final thoughts. Worth pointing out that Brent Homan said he uh, felt less manly uh, when confronted with Shahan's chest hair on this show. And oh, dude, yeah. Try being in the office with him every day, man. Yeah, dude. Try being in the office with him every day. Question from Andrew Christensen, who always has good questions. It's going to be his new nickname now. Andrew, always ask good questions, Christensen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it to you to yeah. keep up I'm with just, that nickname. I just keep giving nicknames to people on this show, and that's fine. Uh, he said, do you think Tech will give Wells long enough, will be patient enough with him to let him succeed? I think they will. I mean, look, obviously Kingsbury gets more rope because he's Kingsbury. He's the hometown kid. But uh, I think he got a lot of rope. Right. So. I mean, he got four years, right? Yeah, I think he got five, didn't he? Is that right? I don't know. Cliff it felt like he got Curry. one more yeah. than most coaches would get. I think you're, Maybe that, that you're right. Um, let's see. He was there his first year. Was 13, yeah, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. 18. So we got yeah. six years. Six years. Um, no, you're exactly right. I think, I think Hokut's a patient. Guy. I think he will. Um, tech has Tech doesn't strike me. I don't want to. I don't want to anger the Mike Leach people. Um, it's. It seems to me that the administ that the administrative the administration there is ready to let him cook. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I think so. And that he's a guy who I think he's gone in there and sold it in the right way that says, look, yeah. this is a build, and maybe we get to a bowl this year, and that would be good, but that's not where we're stopping. We we want to build this thing into a, into a contender. And I wonder, again, not to keep bringing up their basketball team, right. but with Chris Beard, it didn't all happen all at once. Yeah. It was a build to get to where they are now, and now they're a national contender. Yeah. I think that that's what, that's what Tech – understands is the process and that yeah there may be a lean year here or there but if you stick with it eventually you're going to get I, I think Matt Wells is a great hire for them I've said that before I think I, I think it is that is going to be um, I think all three of those guys Holgerson Spavital and Wells are all going to get um, are all going to get a little bit of slack um, even though I know the Houston administrative uh, the administration that says we fire coaches who go eight and four, I think it was a direct quote. Yeah. Um, I think that they are going to. I think they understand what they have in Holgerson, a guy who can get them where they want to go. And I think, as, and, and with Spavital as well, that uh, they, that they're going to get as much time as they need within reason. If they're not producing in yeah. seven years, obviously things are going to change. Yeah. But I think they're going to get some time. I think it's going to require a big surprise in how bad things are for Correct. anyone to have to get shipped out quickly. 
Uh, Ember Keith says, can't wait for the fall. It's starting to feel a lot like football season. Go Lope. She's an Abernathy fan. Oh. Um, and Samuel DeLeon says his schedule is set for the fall. So he and Matt Stepp are officially the first two people to have that done. Okay. So look, everyone's ready. Yeah, I got to figure out my schedule. I, I need to have a few more minutes. You need a minute. To myself. Okay, yeah. that's fine. Uh, that is going to do it for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com for Max Thompson and Shahan Raja. I'm Greg Tupper. Vince Young, please get your Player of the Year trophy. We will see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today.